Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen Janine. It is the last episode in this short little series we've done on modern black and white movies today. Have you had fun with it? I have. This is a series I've wanted to do for a while. There are a couple movies that I really wanted you to see, so I'm excited we've been discussing these, even if it's just for a brief time. Well, it's for a brief time because we've got something pretty big and nice and cool coming next, yes, which we, definitely. you know, we will, uh, we we will allow Janine to announce towards the end of today's show. That's usually how that works. Um, so that's nice. But no, we're, we're very excited for it. But we are very excited as well to talk about this movie today. Was this movie? One of the couple of movies that you really wanted me to see from this little modern black and white series then? Yes, I was actually really surprised you hadn't seen this movie yet. Just kind of me based too. on the um, the style of it and um, kind of the content of it. So I, I was definitely surprised. So this was really one I wanted to get your reaction on. You, you know why it's a very Morgan kind of movie? This Why one that, that we've got today <laughs> is because it's all about the scenario. Yes. You know, there's not much that goes on once you're in the scenario, apart from big picture stuff. And you yeah. know how much I like that. <laughs> or you yes. know how much I'm drawn to that kind <laughs> of thing. So, yeah, it, it makes sense as to why you might be surprised that I hadn't seen this movie. But I have now. And that movie is, of course, Pleasantville. From 1998 with Tobey Maguire and Reese Witherspoon and William H. Macy and Joan Allen and Jeff Daniels and who else, Janine? Um, Any, that anybody guy, else? That, that guy that didn't believe in Santa. <laughs> that guy that didn't believe in Santa from 1994, Miracle on 34th Street. He is in the movie as another fairly terrible kind of... Um, what is he, Chamber of Commerce person? Yeah, he's like the mayor of Pleasantville. Yes. And Paul yeah. Walker. We can't Paul forget. Walker is in the movie. Of course he is. I knew I was forgetting somebody. Paul Walker is in the movie. That was nice. That was nice to see Paul Walker, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yes, we will uh, We'll get into a nice discussion about Pleasantville and all its wacky feelings towards things being in colour. And opening up the spark of light in people's lives yeah which is, is kind of what the whole movie is about which is nice dom knotts is also in the movie isn't he of course as the little yes. tv repair magic man who seems to be it's, it starts off a little bit like some sort of weird horror movie where there's like lightning and dom knotts comes to the door <laughs> yes and he's like acting as some sort of devil or it reminded me a little bit of what was it um tales from the hood yes and it was and a little bit of stay tuned like kind of a little bit of stay tuned yes a little bit of stay tuned definitely although I, i do feel like stay tuned and certainly tales from the hood are way darker Yes, and actually, movie. the son, the little boy from Stay Tuned, is Whitey in this movie. He is. He is. Don't you just, like, love the 50s when people were called silly names? <laughs> yes. Like, Whitey. 
or had the two names like Mary Sue and Ma- Mary. <laughs> you can't say that. You can't say that name. You'll get death threats <laughs> yeah. for saying that name, Janine. Um, but yes, like Betty Ann and yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker, not Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> She's not in the movie, but similar names to that. Let's think of other names. Mary Ellen, I feel like, is a name that would definitely be used in the 50s. Certainly in a 50s sitcom. Anyway, anyway. (laughs) Silly names are there sometimes. But do you know what names aren't silly, Janine? Which names are those? (laughs) Those are the names of the glorious It's a Wonderful Podcast patrons. Yay, patrons! They are never silly names, even if they've got weird double barrel names that are the first name but also the last name have you ever come across anybody with a double barreled first and last name could you imagine the confusion i mean it's not that confusing but could you imagine the long-windedness of that person's name yes that would be a lot but parents, too much parents are crazy parents are crazy parents parents be crazy names be crazy <laughs> there is the conclusion of the first five minutes of today's Morgan hasn't seen. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Anyway, it is the patr- it is patron day, Patreon day. Um, every week on one of the shows, we like to say thank you to all the wonderful patrons of It's a Wonderful Podcast because they're all great people. So it's quite easy. It's quite simple. We just like to do it. And because we have our big 150th celebration awards show on the main show, on Friday, that's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, we didn't want to, you know, take time out of that. We didn't want that to go like stupid. Morgan hasn't seen episode a hundred lengths, <laughs> so we're doing the shoutouts today because yes. that just makes more sense, you know. Even it out, round it up. I think that makes more sense. Anyway, would you like to start us off, Janine? I would. A huge thank you to our patron, Maxwell Haddad. And thank you to Amber Coates. Thank you, Matthew Price. Thank you to Abby Friel. Thank you, Ferris Muthana. Thank you, 90s Comics Box Janine's brother, Justin. Thank you, Video Drew. Thank you, Adelaide. Thank you, Corey Morissette. Thank you, Christina Farrow. Thank you, Heather Sabian. Thank you, Megan McCurley, Dr. Megs. Thank you, Marcus Burton. Thank you to Steve. Thank you, Jake Yacoveta. Thank you, Samia Tesfai. Thank you, Patrick Harden. Thank you, Carla Fees. Thank you, Dwayne Burke. Thank you, Adam Collins. Thank you, Delisha Butler. Thank you to Gigi. Thank you to the great Ken Knapsack. Thank you to Tom and Kimber of the Odd Shape Channel. Thank you, Eric Garcia. And thank you, of course, as Janine always likes to say, to the best hype man in the biz, Billy Pollahan. Woohoo! Yay, patrons! Patrons, 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 we love you. Janine, if people want to join us on the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon, where do they go? What's there? 
you can find the Patreon at It's a Wonderful One on Patreon.com. Of course, we have some fun things over there. You can vote in polls. Uh, you get bonus content. You get to choose the bonus content at specific tiers. You get monthly artwork. We do fun Sunday live streams with patrons. Also, fun little videos from Morgan and I about movies we're watching, things we're interested in, uh, fun ways to get to know us. So please check out the Patreon at It's a Wonderful One on Patreon.com or just search It's a Wonderful Podcast on Patreon.com and find the tier that's right for you. Well done. That was good. That was good. Good Thanks. good advertisement there, Janine. <laughs> applause. Applause for the advertisement. It felt like a 1950s commercial. Well, thank you. Which is appropriate, given that we're talking about Pleasantville today. Why were you so interested in me watching Pleasantville? Well, you know, I know you're a fan of classic films. And, yes. And, uh, you know, so this definitely hits those vibes. Uh, you know, WandaVision is the hot thing right now. So it is. still you know, is. They did take a lot of inspiration, I heard, from this movie. So I definitely thought it was topical in that way. And I know you are a aesthetic movie watcher. And so yeah. there are definitely some great kind of breakthroughs in effects and things like that with the you know scenes of people in color and people in black and white kind of sharing scenes and how color is used um alongside black and white so i thought that was really interesting uh use of black and white which is the kind of focus of this series so i was definitely curious to see your take as somebody who loves classic films that are typically in black and white and of classic films that depict kind of the settings that are portrayed in this movie um so yeah i was definitely excited to get your thoughts and take on pleasantville have you uh, did you see this like a long time ago then when did I you have. come across it? Um, I think when it was nominated for the Oscars, that's kind of when everyone was talking about it. I think that was like a year Oprah was hosting and she like actually came out like they did her outfit where half of it was like 50s okay. and she was painted in black and white and half of her was in color. And uh, just kind of seeing the clips of the movie and, you know, obviously I'm a teen girl and Paul Walker was in it. So I was like, okay, Paul Walker. Well, I, and... You know what? I get it. <laughs> I get it in this movie. This this might be. I know like Paul Walker was in those couple of teen movies that we did so very long ago on Morgan yes. Hasn't Seen <laughs> in, in Varsity Blues. And she's all that. And, and she's all that. But, like, is Pleasantville Paul Walker perhaps the most classically handsome Paul Walker? Yeah, I think so. Possibly. I mean, yes. it's around the same time. It's 98. Yeah. So it's literally, like, the same year same as year. both of those movies? Or is She's uh, All That 99? I think She's All That might be 99. I want to say but it's But it's the same time. It's pre-Fast and Furious Paul Walker. Yes. Um. So, yeah, uh, once I kind of saw, like, the Oscars talking about it and kind of hearing what it was about. Then like once it kind of came on, you know, premium channels, I, I watched it and I actually really enjoyed it. Fancy channels, premium mm, channels, yes. channels only for the <laughs> fanciest of people. Back when I had actual cable and not just like 10 different streaming services <laughs> that are still cheaper than just changed. having cable. <laughs> they, they will be, they are. Yes. Nobody having watches. like having like five or six streaming services is cheaper than having cable. 
<laughs> Nobody watches regular television anyway these days. We just have like free view television here in the UK. Obviously, but obviously we have like the TV license, yeah. which is we pay, you know, two hundred and forty something pounds, I think, a year for a TV license, which basically funds the BBC. That's that's the idea of it. But it gives us Freeview television, which is just the list of random channels that you always get garbage on. Yeah. Um, but nobody ever watch. I I don't watch. I don't watch that. I maybe watch BBC News sometimes, but yeah. I don't watch regular random channel eighteen. <laughs> you know, of some nonsense reality show from two thousand and seven. Yeah. I don't watch that. The only TV I watch is streaming. Exactly, and I think most people are like that. So it's been yeah, like that this, for ten years now, though. So this was back. I watched this movie back when, yeah, I had cable, and we, and it was maybe like the free preview weekend of like HBO oh, or like okay. Cinemax or something. So you'd get the it for free, and yeah, and that's when I watched mm. this movie for the first time, and yeah, really, really enjoyed it. It, it is a very unique Don movie. Knotts as a TV icon himself. Yeah. Am decades I Decades and decades of work in am I re- uh, American television. Am I remembering uh, him uh, being in quite a few episodes of Scooby-Doo? Or is that just like a phantom memory? <laughs> I, do you know what? I think Don Knotts was in some Scooby-Doo. But I think he was in Scooby-Doo as just like... And the special cameo by Don Knotts. Don Knotts, yeah. He wasn't like a random character. (laughs) I just think he was himself. Okay. Um, But I I think you're remembering that right, to be fair. (laughs) But he's obviously quite the sitcom legend, isn't he? Yes. So it's nice that he is in this movie as somebody that loves old sitcoms. Yes. or, or, Or likes the... The sanctity of an old sitcom. He doesn't want these old sitcoms to change, does he? Which you can respect in a way because it's not, you know, hurting anybody or anything like that. He just likes... He's a bit nostalgic in this movie. His TV repairman Don Knotts, which is admirable. Yes, and I, I think he, he picks Tobey Maguire's David to go into the show because he knows the show so well. And, it's a precursor you know, to the Schmodown. This essentially, yes. I, I saw him doing some trivia, and I was like, "This feels very familiar." Um, but yeah, he picks him because he respects how much he knows about the show. Because he was saying, "You know, I've been looking for somebody who knows this show this well for years." And you know, every time I would ask people questions, they would know about the older episodes, but not the newer ones. So. Um, yeah, he's a purist kind of in that way that he wanted it not to find a little somebody bit... who loves the show to give them this experience. Having said all that that I've just said positively about Don Knox's <laughs> mysterious TV repairman, is it not also a little bit kind of, what what do they call it, gatekeeping? That's like, you're not a true fan. Yes, that was like early, early fandom gatekeeping. <laughs> Gate, severe gatekeeping from Don Knotts. We don't appreciate that. Yes. Doesn't matter if they only know the old episodes. Doesn't mean they're any less of a fan. I've just realised what this movie actually is. Oh no. Yes. This movie is, <laughs> you have to be a gatekeeper the movie. No. Um, um, what a fascinating discovery. 
But I mean, if you were put into your favorite TV show, would you be excited or would you be terrified? Or I'd be you... terrified. I'd be terrified because one of my favorite TV shows, say what you want about it, is Game of Thrones. So it's not going to work, realistically, <laughs> is it? I'd be dead virtually immediately. Um, well, I, I'm trying to imagine myself being put into Dawson's Creek and that would be difficult since there were like no black people in Cape Side. So... <laughs> Also, if I was put into something like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I'd probably get killed by some sort of shenanigans like Danny DeVito. <laughs> that happened anyway. So there's death. Um, Looming for you at trying, every, trying to think of other things. every turn. I mean, you, you can always... I suppose you could always want to be put in an easy sitcom, which is kind of what... which is what happens here to... Uh, Toby Maguire and Reese Witherspoon as the twins, yes. which are the most unreasonably reasonable twins ever. They're not really twins, are they, these two? I mean, what's going on there? Well, I mean, boy and girl twins don't really have to look exactly like each other. Well, I know that, but I mean, in terms of Toby Maguire and Reese Witherspoon, come on. <laughs> You're not come buying on. it. Come on, casting director, <laughs> what's going on? I like them both in the movie, though, so not a big issue. Not a big yeah. issue. But yeah, um, I mean, it'd be nice vapid, to go a back vapid, into her. Reese plays Vapid pretty well. She does, and she kind of always had, especially a younger Reese Witherspoon, she always did. Yes. Um, it was definitely her. I mean, shticks are somewhat. I mean, it's not an offensive word, is it? It's, but it's kind of a pigeon holy word. Yeah, so she's managed to break out of that pretty well. But um, she has. She it was, was really what she was good movie. at, and she did it well. Let's say yes. that. So, but she was really funny in this movie, and she actually has like a really great arc. Um, she does. Yeah. She does. She's not as simple as she seems at first in the first sort of ten minutes yeah. of the movie, which is is nice. She seems like the popular kind of "I want to be the best queen bee." In the whole yes. school person. The, the, the popular guy is headed to her house for a date to watch this concert, which I love how, how easily Don not screws that up for her. She's like, I have a date. And he's like, oh, I took care of that. And they just show the guy knock on the door and literally wait like three seconds. And when nobody answers, he's just like, bitch, and like walks away. <laughs> <laughs> Has there ever been a more impatient person right? in any movie than that man? Yes. Would you imagine always, that? That part always cracked me up because he literally, he's like, oh, my date's coming. Oh, I took care of that. Knock, knock. Bitch. And he just like, he obviously uh, did not care that much that he waited like literally <laughs> one to two seconds. Uh, oh dear. Oh. <sighs> yeah, that but no, cracks me up. <laughs> I uh, I like how it's a bit of a low key sci fi movie though, as yeah. well as being you know a, a comedy drama. I suppose it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's some drama. There's like. Um, a very uh, deep level of kind of finding a passion. Um, yeah, there is. There's there's a lot of a lot of good simple themes going on, but no, nonetheless effective for it. Like yeah. the 
the whole idea of the people in this black and white sitcom that Toby Maguire and Reese Witherspoon have been magicianed into by weird, mysterious TV repairman Don Knotts. Like, they're all in black and white, and they all see themselves in black and white. It's not like we always... (laughs) You know, when children think the world used to be in black and white, because that's all they see in movies and old TV and that sort of stuff. I've always found that fascinating, because when did... Was it was it just in the in the seventies where people started turning into colour? Was everybody <laughs> black and white before? No. Yeah. <laughs> More problems. Come on. But um, they know colours. Like they see colours in black and white. Because like when they well, describe things, like oh, did you see that green car in the front of the soda shop? Like, but it was really, it was like real green. So like they're aware of like colours, but they've only seen them in black and white. So they know when something is green or red or whatever, but when it's actual color, it's different. It's like real green, real red. So they're kind of aware. So it's like, you have to kind of just let go of some of these kind of rules and not think too hard about things. No, it's like that. You you don't need to, because I don't think the movie's interested in tiny little things. Yeah. It's interested in, the scenario of the situation and Which, you know kind of this whole really really positive message i suppose of finding your inner spark and finding yeah. your inner beauty and showcasing that to the world and it's all it's in fact it's almost it's not even an inner beauty is it? it's kind of an inner emotion yeah, it, just expressing it, something outside of your norm and finding something to be passionate about. Yeah, it's it's it is a movie about passion. It is a movie about discovery, I suppose, and and discovering new things. Like the people in Pleasantville are very Pleasantville focused because they're in a sitcom. You never go out of that yeah, world of the sitcom. That's why the geography you were learning in school is the geography of that Main Street and that the geography funny. of Elm Street. What is at the end of Main Street? Uh, 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 that's just the beginning, the beginning of Main Street again. Okay, sure, teacher. I love that. We will, we'll, we will move on today from learning about the geography of Main Street to the geography of Elm Street. Elm Street is at the end of Main Street. And what is Where... the difference? It's not as long. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Brilliant. The worst geography lesson you could ever have. Yeah. And the coach always like, we got a big game tomorrow. We got a big game on Friday. We got a big game next week. (laughs) I love how they're all really competent at basketball as well. Right up until things start to go wrong, whereby they immediately turn to being incredibly incompetent at basketball. Yes. Um, Well, the one time, like, you know, Paul Walker gets angry because he's worried that, you know... Uh, Reese Witherspoon won't go out with him and he throws the ball and it doesn't make the basket and then it kind of rolls and like they're like oh this is like a bad ball and they all just back away as it kind of rolls by them because it's like the first missed basket something new something different something scary because new things and different things can be scary and I think the movie the movie deals with that as well 
And, and it interestingly goes into kind of a race type situation. Where goes, you know, goes. you have like no colors allowed because they're literally colored people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's always been, I mean, obviously there's an issue with the word colored in relation to what it used to be used for in reference to black people. Yeah. Of course there is. But I've always found it a little bit silly as well because it's like what do you mean colored like everything's a color what are you talking about i don't understand why you refer to these people as that as opposed to what they actually are it doesn't make it's never made sense to me yeah but not even from a you know it's racist standpoint yes of course it is but also from a logic standpoint it doesn't make sense make any sense yeah weird (laughs) um in this movie it does make sense because there are literally black and white people and literally people in color Color. yeah (laughs) it does actually make sense in this context yes so it's it, it takes a different uh you know we talked about different layers of of issues that they kind of explore and this kind of being a racial issue actually is among them so like people who are in color um versus people that aren't in color they're kind of discriminated against like uh i loved that scene with joan allen where she's terrified to go out to her husband because she's in color now and she's just she's just she doesn't know what to do and she doesn't think he's gonna accept her um, so he sits her down and he helps her like do her makeup so she can look black and white again. And it's a really great scene of, you know, them kind of bonding and him, you know, cause I think what is not directly said, but what we kind of get from the David character is his family life and just the world that it's been portrayed to him is just very negative. Yeah. And he, so he likes the to... safety of yeah, wholesome things, doesn't he? Because in school, we get this whole montage of him in school and just like all these dire things that every teacher's saying about the world is, you know, terrible place yeah. and, you know, global warming and like every class is teaching him just how the fate of the world is just going to be in shambles. I and then he comes home. Funny. To his mom arguing with his dad who doesn't want to see them and his mom's going off on a trip and he's just focusing, turns up the volume on Pleasantville because that's what he wants to see. So the fact that he's getting this moment with Joan Allen, this mother figure, um, and he can actually help her and feel loved by her, um, I think that's important to him. So it's, it's escapism that turns into meaning basically yeah. it, it, or it turns into kind of a, a self purpose yeah which is so i feel is, like he feels like he really has nice a purpose. yeah he feels like he, he has a purpose in pleasantville he feels like he's worth something in pleasantville because he's not really you know worth anything outside of that yeah um, which is it's these they're very simple kind of themes and ideas in the movie but they're told in such a unique way and obviously, obviously it's a unique way where you're put back into an old sitcom and there's the colour-changing aspect, which is totally, totally unique and kind of something you only really start to get, I feel like, in the late 90s maybe, or in the 90s, when, 
I, th- I suppose it's probably a technological thing when movie technology is further and further developed, when stuff like CG is further and further developed, you can kind of do this stuff um, and you're able to portray these ideas in these unique ways because of the technology that's now available to you, I guess. It's not something that you could have done in the 80s. It wouldn't have been possible technologically. But it is in in 1998. Um, So, you know, I appreciate... Is it Gary Ross? Gary Ross. Mm writer-director for coming up with this incredibly unique idea and, and... portraying it in a very interesting way because the best the best kind of the best movies are always very very simple in their ideas but they portray those ideas in a very creative way which is where the intrigue comes from i i say this all the time with horror movies horror movies are very particular they have to be a certain way to be a horror movie so nobody, you know, everybody recognizes what's going to happen in a horror movie. It's just how you do it that's yeah. the interesting part. And that's the same with this movie. It's how you do it that's the interesting part. You you understand that a movie like this is going to be about it's a little bit of a coming of age movie in a way yeah. of of finding oneself because yeah. it's not just you know, it's finding yourself if you're Reese Witherspoon in the movie, if you're Toby Maguire in the movie, but also if you're pretty much every resident of Pleasantville. You find your true self in the movie. You find uh, uh, an added humanity and an added passion, like you said before, and more of a, you know, you, you, you're you coming out of your comfort zone, but it's a very, very positive thing. And it is a positive thing to do that. Yeah. We, you know, people get, can get stuck in a rut, Sometimes and ruts are never good because they can be negatively safe. Yeah, which isn't always you know being safe and secure. As pleasant as that sounds, isn't always the best thing. It's nice yeah, to be a bit be a risky bit sometimes. Yeah, it can definitely be a little bit of a trap. And I feel like the character that probably illustrates all of that the best is probably Jeff Daniels' character. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's played very comedically how, you know, he's just... Bud never showed up, so he just wipes the counter <laughs> until there's a big old spot in it because he just stood there and wiped it. And like he won't, he doesn't do things at first because he's so used to the routine. So if Bud, who David is, isn't there to kind of continue the process, he can't. So when David kind of frees him to do things differently or do things on his own for once it's such a liberating feeling for him and it opens yeah. him up to other things that he's passionate about. And then that gets him thinking about his art and painting. And he loves painting the murals every Christmas on the window. And why doesn't he get to do that more? Um, and, you know, David is realizing that like people wanting to do more and having wants and needs outside of their everyday could be ruining things for the aspects of this show. So he tries to shut it down. Um, but ultimately he kind of realizes that it's kind of a good thing. It's kind of a great thing. Um, yeah, so it's better he, for these people to not be in this simple routine. Yeah, It's better for them to, to learn more because I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? 
It could be, in a way, you could say this about any kind of isolated community. Because there are still isolated communities in the world. Yeah. You know, not monumentally isolated, unless you're, like, talking three tribes in the islands in the Indian <laughs> Ocean or something like that. Yeah. Which, yes, okay, they are isolated. But semi-isolated people, you know, like the far islands of Scotland or the middle of the forest in this central of the United States, you know, it's something like that where no, there's nothing for hundreds of miles. Yeah. People can get very fixed into that one place and scared to a point to go out of it. Yeah. Because they don't know what's out of it. They can maybe learn what's out of it, but they don't They don't like that it's different. Yeah, but they don't want to even try. They don't want to even try because it's scary know. to them. Yeah. But overcoming fear, which is another part of this movie, is very important in any aspect. It's very important. I think Joan Allen is the best person to portray overcoming fear. Yeah. In, in this movie, to be honest, especially in that scene you talked about before where she has you know, developed some passion and in her life and, and found the spark within her, she turns to colour. and she, But she's yeah. terrified of that. She's, she's absolutely scared to death of that. But think of it not in terms of turning from black and white to colour, which is literally what happens in the movie. Think of it as like, I'm scared to do something different because I don't know how it will go. Yeah. That's what she's saying. That's what she's saying. I don't know if I will be accepted in this different form. And you think about it, you can put that on anything. You can put that on somebody coming out as gay or whatever. Yeah. You know, you can put that you, you know, you can put that on anything like that. You can put that on um I want to you know, something silly and meaningless, like I want to get a tattoo. I'm not sure how my parents will feel about it. Yeah, I want to quit my job and I want to quit my be, job. Do and... my passion as being like a content creator or an artist. Exactly. But that's terrifying because you don't know, you know, how that's going to end up. You're not going to have that, you know, security. The, the and the judgment from other people or the judgment that you think you are going to get from other people yeah. scares you. It does. And it scares Joan Allen here because she doesn't think she'll be accepted by her husband in colour because William H. Macy, who... I don't feel like William H. Macy, like, does as much as he maybe could have in this movie. I feel like he's a touch forgotten about compared to Joan Allen and Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of good scenes of him. There's that, that one scene in the kind of courthouse at the end of the movie that's really yeah. good with William H. Macy. But I maybe wanted to see a touch more because I do like him. And he's able to, I mean, kind of late 90s, he's kind of peak William H. Macy, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, Boogie Nights and stuff like that. Um, Boogie Nights, Fargo. Yeah. It really, Jurassic Park 3, no. <laughs> that wasn't even the late 90s. But when was Jurassic Park 3? Early noughties, probably. Uh, but he is, he, is, he is in that. And I, I, but I do, I do quote, uh, where's my dinner <laughs> often. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's so confused as to why things aren't going normal. Yeah. He's so confused. 
Um, but I do like I do like him in this movie. But that that scene with Joan Allen putting back on the black and white makeup in order to cover herself back up because she thinks that'll be safer is when you look into it and and kind of read into it very moving yeah. because it's it's really true to life it's you know somebody not want somebody being too scared to fully accept who they are yet yeah thankfully she does and that's very positive and we yeah, all like everyone, that everyone has a really great arc i think in this movie um in these kind of self-discovery moments they all kind of have a moment like that which is really great yeah but i love that scene and i just love how i really love how it's done in in such the unique picture of being black and white turning to color and having it merge with each other yeah and having like some things be color and some things yeah. be black and white in the town depending on what's happened it's just fascinating to look at yeah i, al I always love you know when color is very important in movies anyway um which we d i didn't necessarily think I mean, I, I did when I knew we were doing Pleasantville for this series, but we're talking about modern black and white movies in this. So colour should, in theory, be the least of our concern. It was the least of our concern in Nebraska, surely, yeah. because that movie was pure boring black and white, but boring <laughs> in the perfect way because it, it was telling an incredibly small story story so you didn't need a pop of color to elevate it in any kind of way because it's not a story that needs to be elevated no you, you had the one pop of color and she's got to have it which was the most kind of positive part of the movie yeah um and was also kind of a showcase of spike lee liking bright poppy things which he does yeah but then the rest of it was just in black and white because it didn't matter about the colour of anything. Yeah. And as we know with Spike Lee, it tends to be race-focused, but it didn't matter and she's got to have it. It could be anybody. That yeah. was the point of that. But now here, we've developed even more in terms of the black and white to colour, whereas it's now actually a, a colour movie that where they get put into a black and white sitcom <laughs> that then changes to colour. To colour gradually um yeah i love the scenes where things are kind of both ways um and how they interact it looks really great it's really interesting to look at like the, that scene that we talked about with joan allen and he's putting the makeup on her face like his black and white hand on her face um just things like that definitely added those layers of the differences and when people are going to have their moments and people kind of waiting at, at a certain point in the movie, waiting to kind of have their discovery moment of when they were yeah. going to turn to color. Yeah. That's what, that's why I really liked that one scene with William H. Macy in the courthouse at the end. Cause he's still black and white at this point. He's, you know, a lot of the population of Pleasantville are now in color. They have been revitalized. They've been newly born. As, you know, passionate, loving, free-loving people to a to point, isn't it? I suppose, could you? Is there also a point to be made of reading this movie as a 
50s culture turning into 60s culture. I could see that, like kind of the radicalism that ends up happening at a certain point. Yeah. Um, people kind of rebelling against the, the, norm the norms. What the, yes. And wanting to evolve uh, in a more kind of freeing liberal way. But there's, you know, the man who's like definitely trying to hold you down and uh, really combating you in a negative kind of way. Um it's interesting to see, you know, how you start the movie with like something like the fire, the aspect of fire. Yeah. Um, there's no fire in the town, like nothing burns. But, um, you know, Joan Allen awakens her inner passions. and She does. She does. Certainly <laughs> yes. does. And this tree lights on fire and nobody knows how to put it out. <laughs> so Toby McGuire has to go to the fire station and he's yelling fire, fire. And they're just like, huh? And then he says cat. And then they're like, oh, and then they jump <laughs> into action. And then he shows them how to use the fire hose to put the fire out. And they're like, oh, that's what these things are for. But then... Toby McGuire must be sat there thinking, these people are morons. (laughs) Right? How have they got this job? Because they just get cats out of trees. That's what they're there for. Um, Too wholesome. Yes. And then ultimately you have the black and white people who are left who are fighting against this change using the fire now that they have available to them to burn books. And, uh, you know, in a very footloose kind of way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A little bit. uh, keep things the way they were and fight against any kind of change. Uh, even if it's a positive change, they don't want to see it as positive. Um, I think, I think, I think you can read it as a, a little bit of a political thing in terms yeah. of that, uh, you know, going from what we think of as fifties, white picket fence, America to sixties, radical America. Yeah. I think you can. Um, I think it's fair. I don't think you have to, I think you can just read it as person to person, um, freeing oneself, being true to oneself and finding that truth within us, Um, whatever that may be. Like I said, it can be anything. It could be sexuality. It could be uh, gender. It could be anything. Um, But it's a very, very optimistic movie. It's an incredibly optimistic movie. And I do like how... The antagonist, the mayor, is the same guy that hated Santa because it just works. <laughs> yeah. It just works. If you hate Santa, it stands to reason that you're also going to hate change. Yes. <laughs> but, like, I think to a point it's fine to not like change. But it when it becomes damaging to you as a person to be stuck in the same routine is when you should realize in yourself that this is going to benefit everybody and myself if we change. Yes. It's like Rocky at the end of Rocky 4, but not quite as cheesy. If I can change and you can change and we all can change. change. Thanks, Rocky. Thanks for saving, you know, thanks for defeating communism with one weird speech at the end of Rocky (laughs) 4 because that worked that really worked didn't it Um. (laughs) his name is is J.T. Walsh J.T. Walsh yes 
or the man who hates Santa in Miracle on 34th Street, that guy, that guy. Um, but yeah, I there's a lot to there's a lot to delve beneath the surface. Oh, at this, I'm just looking. This, this this was his last movie. I think he died the same movie? year. He died oh. the same year it came out. Oh dear. Well, yeah. I don't like that. I mean, he was a villain, but you know, we don't wish death on people. He's a good actor. Fair play. Yeah. To. That's that that that's made me miserable now, Jenny. <laughs> oh dear. No. Um but yeah, look. I I just appreciated that this movie is a very it's a big picture theme movie that you can just read into in so many different little ways. Yeah. But isn't you know, it has a nice story to it. Like you've said, there's there's lovely character arcs for everybody, for David, for Reese Witherspoon. Um, and we'll, t- we'll talk a little bit more about Reese Witherspoon, actually, even for William H. Macy in that courthouse at the end of the movie where he is looking, um, you know, he's still in black and white. He's looking up at Joan Allen, Allen, his wife, mm-hmm. um, and Tobey Maguire saying, come on, is he called George? Come on, George. Is she not or dad? Because he's pretending he's to be dad, the son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on, dad. Does she not look just as beautiful as the day you met her? And he's like, yeah, she she does. <laughs> and then he breaks down and turns into yeah. color. Don't Yay. you want to tell her? Don't you want to tell her how beautiful you think she is? And yeah. But yes, I do. I do. It's all about love and happiness. Yeah. And even the mayor himself, as angry as he, he is, his anger brings is the out passion. his color. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so offended that he runs out of the place. He can't yes. face it. Can't face being different, can he? Terrible person. Terrible yeah. person. Reminds me of... It reminds me of a little story I once read, which was about a racist who found out that... I think it was... like He, he found out that he was part black and he couldn't handle it. Reminds me of that. Yeah. Like, he, he he lived his whole life being incredibly racist. It was set, like, in the Deep South slavery times. Yeah. Um, But he found out, like, his aunt, like, I think his grandfather was a slave or something like that. Oh, gosh. Couldn't handle that. Couldn't handle that. It was only a little short story. I forget what it was called. Um, But it's that kind of idea. Yeah. It's that kind of idea, and he just couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle being in colour. Oh, no, it's going to ruin his life. It's not, though, is it? No, because then nah. everyone ends up being in colour. The whole town ends up being in colour. The whole town is free and liberated and yeah. passionate and loving. And I like the idea that, like, you know, books are empty. There's nothing to know because yeah. it's just a show, and that, that's not the focus. Um, but once people start getting curious about things and wanting to know about what's in this book, what is this story, it, the pages start to fill in. I loved the, that. The pictures start to show up. Um, and now there are things outside of Pleasantville. So with Reese Witherspoon's character, you know, she starts out like, obviously she doesn't want to be there. So she's definitely rebelling against it. 
um, David keeps imploring her to not mess up these people's world. Um, but she is just frustrated and annoyed. So she just does whatever she wants. So she ends up, you know, bringing sex <laughs> into the town <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, breaks poor Paul Walker's brain by, uh, you know, introducing oh, him oh, to some new things. And oh dear. <laughs> the scene where the next day, you know, he's in basketball practice and he's telling, you can tell he's <laughs> telling them all about what he's experienced. And that's when they all miss the baskets and like things just kind of go downhill from there. Um, but Paul then she Walker, actually... <laughs> poor little Paul Walker thinks he's broken when he becomes slightly excited. <laughs> yes. And she's like, that's supposed to happen. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and then her having oh, a, a sex talk with her mom. and <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Like all these <laughs> concepts that they just have no idea about. <laughs> I was just, I was envisioning a response from Reese Witherspoon there. When Joan Allen just says, oh, what is sex? Reese Witherspoon just going, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? I am your daughter. How, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> How do you think this has happened? Yeah. In some sort of, oh, it, it just always was. It always was. So there's nothing yeah. to think about. And then she's like telling her, oh, your father would never do things like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think he would, which is why she has to do it herself. Yes. So Poor she ultimately Joel kind Allen. of. Yes. So she ultimately awakens some things in the town. Um, but then she actually. Causes a fire. Yes. But then she actually starts kind of liking that she's like learning things and she starts reading and yeah Reese Witherspoon does yeah yes and she gets interested in more things and then ultimately by the end she decides to stay in Pleasantville and go to college there um don't really know how it works though because it's not a real place yeah I mean it's, so it's like, a nice it's a nice um you know we're led to believe it it, it means something to these people and the whole idea of the movie is these people have now been changed. But ultimately, at the end of the day, Pleasantville's fictional. And yeah. the real world is the real world. And I yes. suppose it it does give Toby Maguire more purpose and, and happiness in the real world once he gets back there. But the fact that Reese Witherspoon stays and goes to college, <laughs> like is Reese Witherspoon just gonna live in a sitcom now? Apparently, because her whole reasoning is like, oh, well, you know, I never would have gotten to college, you know, in the real world. So I'll just stay well, here I suppose if she's happy. And I mean, now that people are more open to these ideas, now there are things outside of Pleasantville. So True, it, are, I suppose, are the things yeah. outside of Pleasantville like actual cities and actual states? And like, there's actually a, a, a world and an America in <laughs> Pleasantville now? Yeah, possibly. Um, this is so, where this is where reality lines blur. Yes. This is where it becomes one division and reality lines blur. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, we kind of don't know where Joan Allen ends up, you know, because she does seem to have this romantic, romantic vibe with um, a Jeff Daniels. Uh, well, certainly job. once Jeff Daniels paints a nude of her <laughs> as a mural... It becomes very clear to everybody that there's some sort of situation going on. Yes. Um, and 
you know, she ends kind of sitting next to him and her husband. Uh, so it's kind of just left up to, you know, because they ask the question, like, what what do we do now? Now what? And nobody knows. And you just kind of like, okay. It's <laughs> so reality. It's very, it's very freeing and a very real answer. <laughs> reality can be whatever you want it to be. Yes. For so, Joan Allen. Yes. And we like Joan Allen. I mean, Joan Allen... Is this, Joan Allen's an unusual actress that kind of nobody ever thinks about. But she's, yeah. like, pretty good in everything she's, she's in. And people just remember her from Face Off. We're... Oh, that, oh, I, I absolutely <laughs> hope that that um, hair and makeup person and costume person never works again because they made beautiful Joan Allen look like a frump-a-dump old lady. Because when I saw her, like I, that's all I knew her from was Face Off. So I'm like, that's all I knew her from. She looks really? so frumpy-dump, and they did these tight, like, old grandma curls. And then I see her other things, and I'm like, that's Joan Allen? She's gorgeous. What did they do to her? Why did they make her look so dowdy? So, yes, um, I love Joan Allen, and I feel so bad that they did her so wrong. <laughs> I just had to. I'm sorry. I just had to go off on that rant for for poor Joan Allen. Perfectly justifiable, <laughs> I think. Perfectly justifiable because look, this movie we've spoke about it already has a whole plot line of how beautiful Joan Allen is and yes. how much we all have to realize that. So, yes, and it brings a tear to your eye. Brings a tear to your eye. Brings a tear to William H Macy's eye. Yes, William H Macy's not that beautiful. If we're being honest, he's just a good character actor, yeah. a very good character actor. That does he still do? Is is Shameless US still a thing? I mean, I don't know. I think he's gotten in a little bit of trouble with the whole college scandal. Oh, I forgot situation. about that. He was in that, wasn't he? Yes. Oh, William wife. H Macy. Yes, but she got Bribing. more. Of the, she got more in trouble than he did. So I don't know. Oh dear, I forgot yes. he was in that. Yes, Felicity Huffman seemed to get in more trouble than him, so I don't know if he's still doing stuff, but uh I mean he he should be. I mean it's look, it, it it's bribery, yes, like it's a we don't like bribery. Bribery's a crime, but it's not like he's murdered somebody. Yeah. You know? He's not if legitimate criminals who have who you know are directors and things can continue to make movies, and if I mean let's say it outright, if sexual predators can continue to work and make movies, then I'm pretty sure. Oh, I've just been a bit bribey. William H Macy can continue <laughs> to make, to make movies. College. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So He's I don't not know how... actually hurt anybody, has he? No. No, he hasn't. Let's be fair. So let's, let's be fair <laughs> with our criminals. Yes. So I don't know if that has hindered his career at all, or I mean, it just, possibly, it, has, or just yeah. it's hard to tell with just the state of Hollywood and trying to make movies right now. Anyway, <laughs> to tell True. like what is even happening. Um, True. But yes, um, since this whole thing kind of blew up a couple years ago, like I haven't heard anything about him. So. I don't know. I don't know if this has affected him. <laughs> you know, maybe it's a it's a nice maybe it's a nice kind of finalish point to make. Is it like we obviously are still in lockdown territory. 
Now, we in the UK have now have a path to come out of it, and a set path, a set path that, we are, that we're all aware of, it's official, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's governmental, it's governmentally done. It's been set that we're looking at. So we've got positivity to look forward to, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the world, or the, the, a majority of the world, has been in a rut, a routine, and a fixed space for the last year. Yeah. Like Pleasantville. It's a rut, <laughs> it's a routine, it's a fixed space. Can we not also read COVID into Pleasantville? Whereas we are coming out of COVID and it's looking positive and all of a sudden the world is colourful again. Yes. Am I just being a little bit too sentimental? Or no, is it I mean, that's a definitely hopeful thing if everyone can get on board and work together. But, you know, that's a very difficult thing. I mean, I got vibes, very topical vibes of things that have happened uh, when rioters trashed the soda shop. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't so like I... <laughs> new nice things, do we? Yes. We like old world views and cruelty. And we think our violence is for the greater good and yes morons idiots and it's for pleasantville you know um so definitely got some topical vibes from that situation so i definitely think it's okay to to get some positive vibes from hopefully our world turning back to color um Janine, at some point <laughs> and it will it will and it will soon i don't want to think about the possibility of weird Anti nice people, anti nice people, I've just said. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. In future Pleasantville, where it's all nice and coloured, we have these people who paint themselves black and white and insist on being the old times. Yeah. I don't want to think about that, Ginny, because it's too no. real at that point. It is. It's too real, and we can read into all sorts of horrible, horrible, horrible people. Well, let's just let's just hope that soon our our world will turn from drab black and white into beautiful color and it will i think we start i think Just like look, I, I think we're starting to i think we're at the stage now where the kind of clock on the wall is yellow and that one car outside the soda shop is green yes i think we're at that stage now but we'll get to it soon where the whole town is in bright glorious color and i hope that the world doesn't just look in like regular colour. I hope it's like Technicolor, where everything's just way too vivid. <laughs> Imagine if the world looked like that. Technicolor. I'd take that. <laughs> Imagine how bold all the colours would be. It'd be too much. There'd be no subtlety at all in the colour. Yeah. It'd be weird. Grey wouldn't exist. <laughs> it would just be absolute night black or absolute brilliant white <laughs> in terms of the grey spectrum. I'd, I'd take that. There'd be no grey. I would take that. I, I would absolutely take that. I just love that this was a very optimistic movie, Janine. Yeah. Very Big freeing, fan. Very uh, about following your passions and awakening passions and... Um, 
just getting out of your rut or being complacent about things that, uh, you know, an overcoming fear. Yeah. Ultimately. Applause for Pleasantville. Wonderful, wonderful movie. So glad Very you liked it. Might. I mean, I, hmm. <laughs> I really liked all three of these movies in this series, to be fair. I really liked all three of them. They're all way different to each other, so it's tough to kind of pick a favourite. I don't think I can. Not at this point. Okay. Because I really liked them. I really liked them all. For very yeah, different, different reasons, but I and really they all liked kind of them all. Use the black and white for different reasons and in different ways. Yeah. So they do. But yes, this was very good. Thank you, Janine. Oh, you're Thank welcome. Thank you, Janine. <laughs> I hope you have also kind of got something new from Pleasantville after this watch. Yeah, definitely feeling very optimistic um, about things in my own life and being good. kind of stuck in in um, kind of a comfortable place and, you know, thoughts of wanting to take a chance on things so yeah it, take a take a chance it's like that abba song take your oh, take, <laughs> take a, a chance, chance on on me that's about <laughs> romance that's different that's different that's a different situation um that was just what came into my head right there don't know why don't ask me why but yes pleasantville was great yay, yay. we like that yes it is the final episode of our modern black and white series. It's only been three episodes, but that's because, well, it's March now. So we wanted a whole new month. Or is it, is it I don't remember how many episodes this one's going to be, actually, Janine. But it's going to be pretty... four. I think we four. have five. There are five Wednesdays in this month, which we've used one. Oh, that's true. We close out this series. today. <laughs> yes. So we will use the other four to do... A fun series, a pretty solidly big series that you've missed. Yeah, the we biggest... haven't done a franchise in a minute. I feel like no. it's been a been a little bit since we've done a franchise. It has biggest franchise we've done in a good while. Yes. What's that then? So we will be talking the Karate Kid movies. Yes. Um, so we will be going through the four movies: Karate Kid, Karate Kid Part Two. Karate Kid Part 3, and the next Karate Kid, since it's still canon with those movies. No, Not no. the Jaden Smith Karate Kid. No. Not that one. We're not doing that one. We're doing just the main, or just the original four. And you're thinking, what, there was four Karate Kid? <laughs> apparently, yes. Apparently there was four of them. I only knew about two of them. <laughs> so... God help me with three and four. <laughs> well, Morgan, you're going to need more help uh, because why are we doing this series? <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing this series. I don't know why we're doing this series, Janine. <laughs> are we doing it because, I mean, obviously, Cobra Kai is pretty popular. Yes. <laughs> as a TV show these days. And for the yes. last couple of years, it has been. And apparently we discovered that I I'm should be in Cobra Kai. Yes. <laughs> and and shouldn't be uh, able to uh, to, to en enjoy, what's his name, Danny? Daniel, yeah. Daniel, do we have to call him Daniel? Can we not call him Danny? 
Well, they call him Daniel-san. Like, Mr. Miyagi calls him Daniel-san. Okay, if we're being respectful, (laughs) which we have to be when it's Japanese. That's culturally appropriate. Not cultural appropriation. It's culturally (laughs) appropriate to be respectful if you're talking some semblance of Japanese. Okay, we'll call him Daniel then. But we figured out, didn't we, that, that... I belong in Cobra Kai because I'm a born winner. <laughs> you have that mentality about I have the mentality of athletic being type situations. Yes. Yes. Um so yeah. In uh, sport. This will lead into us doing a little series on the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. It will. Uh well we'll be discussing episodes. Morgan will be watching the full series of Cobra Kai for the first time and we'll do some fun episodes uh discussing the show. So yeah. and you'll have all you'll have all the context at that point. I actually kind of need a little bit of refresher as well. I've seen the first movie many times. I've seen the fourth movie many times, but I haven't really seen the second and the third. Okay as many times i think i've only seen both of those once so um yeah it'll be a bit of a discovery for me as well and the show does a really good job of kind of calling back to those moments for you anyway but i think it'll be great for you to kind of have that context of yeah daniel's side of the story and johnny's side of the story which is kind of where cobra kai takes it so um yeah it'll be really exciting watching these movies for the first time with you and getting into cobra kai because i absolutely love cobra kai so i'm really curious to see what you think of the show yeah and that that's gonna come to the it's a wonderful podcast youtube channel once we once we kind of finish or once we're coming towards the end of the um the main series on morgan hasn't seen um YouTube channel is just as it said, it's a wonderful podcast. You'll find it going there, you know, subscribe, check out the things we already have on there. It's where we do the watch alongs. It's where we do all the little videos. It's obviously um, pre-code March now. So there's going to be a few videos from me talking the the movies I'm watching. I'm watching a movie every day for March, a new pre-code movie for every day. It might not be like every day because of you know time and that sort of stuff um but the videos will be up on kind of what i've watched that week in terms of pre-code um talking about that sort of stuff so it'll just be me having fun talking pre-code things it's going to be great um so look for them as well on the it's a wonderful podcast youtube channel all march um we have the watch alongs of course we're having other videos coming on there We're, we're getting into a Getting into a, a a vibe of the kind of stuff we're going to be putting on that newly changed channel, so yeah. it's nice. Um, but yeah, that's the YouTube. We've already talked about the Patreon. Is there anything else we have to talk about, Janine? Ah, uh, just what's happening this week, the rest of the week. Um... What's that then? <laughs> Well, if you didn't listen to this week's episode of Machine Mondays, please check that out. Um, You know, just talking about how I feel being uh, with stars and, you know, the difference in, you know, being with Roxy and past managers and how this experience is going so far. Um, And Friday is our big 150th episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast. So you'll have a trifecta 
Yes, it's all three of us this week Yes, on the main show. We are, as I alluded to before, doing the It's a Wonderful Podcast Awards. We have a whole bunch of awards and categories and that sort of stuff. We've all come up with our own picks for each one. Um, and we're just going to go, we're going to have fun going through them. Having a, It's going to be a little bit of a remembering and a reminisce of, of the past of It's a Wonderful Podcast. But it's also something new. Uh, that we've done. We've had a couple of milestone episodes in the past of the main show, yeah. whereas we've done like our top favorite movies and that sort of stuff. But this is something different. There is serious, you know, awards to be given out. There is also ridiculous awards to be given out, <laughs> um, such as the, oh, I can't believe you're in this movie award. Yes. And the, Stupidest Deja Vu Movie Award. It's things like that. Yes, but you also have, like, fun. legit awards as well. Um, it's going to be fun, though. It's going to be fun. Um, episode 150. 150 episodes of the main show. That is madness to me. Yes. That is madness to me, considering It's a Wonderful Podcast as a thing has been going for over three years now. I love it. I do. So I love it. I love doing the main discussed. show. It's great. I love doing the main show. I love doing Morgan Hasn't Seen. I love you doing Machine Mondays. I love doing the stuff that we're doing and will do on YouTube and Patreon and everywhere else. It's great. Very exciting. We have so many fun things planned and coming up and trying to build and grow and do more fun stuff. So please come along with us. We would love to have you. <laughs> Me, really would like janine just said though monday wednesday friday we have you covered here on the it's a wonderful podcast feed with machine mondays morgan hasn't seen and it's a wonderful podcast the main show you can find the it's a wonderful feed or, or the it's a wonderful podcast feed on uh, anchor apple podcast spotify stitcher google podcast Castbox, everywhere else podcasts can be found of course as well as just on Twitter at it's a at it's wonderful one for all the updates there. Find me on Twitter at the purple dome with the three instead of the e in the because Janine. Three is the magic number. Or on Instagram at just the purple dome. All your good stuff is where. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter and Janine Debean on Instagram. Um, and if you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can find uh, my artwork at my Tee Public shop at G9Design on TeePublic.com. Anything else we want to say? Just come hang out with us. We are doing some fun stuff. Karate Kid starts next week. So be there. Be there or be square to use an old phrase that sounds like it's from the 50s, like Pleasantville. <laughs> I was going to say, or just get a crane kick to the face. But Possibly, you know, yes, that that's also too. a thing. I'm <laughs> going to continue to call it an overhead kick because football, no. Uh, okay, well, I think there's only one thing left to do now, Janine. Could you please do it like... You're in the 50s, I suppose. That's the most appropriate thing. Or in a Don Knotts impression, either one's fine. <laughs> Three. <laughs> I just sound like Goofy. <laughs> Two. <laughs> One. <laughs> Bye. Bye.